0: From Studio One Hundred and Two in the BBG Annex, it's Hearts of Fire, the podcast for the team at BioRidge Global. Where we're working every day to save and enhance lives through the healing power of human cells and tissue. I'm David King, this episode's host, and our guest today is Roger Ruiz, Senior Communications Specialist in Corporate Communications. Welcome to the new studio, Roger.
1: Thanks for having me, David. I'm in this studio. It Looks like a inter a room where you're going to ask questions. Where I don't know the answers to. You. Seems like an interview where you go to the SAPD and they're asking you these questions. Where were you on this day? But I love this room. Good job, David. Well, we
0: will neither we will neither fire questions at you like a cop nor nor like members of the unwashed media, Roger. But we'll we'll try we'll try to have a little fun here. All right. So so we always start these with a really easy question to make people a little more comfortable. But it's not like you're uncomfortable answering questions anyway so i've
1: been around the block once or twice so so the easy question is where are you from uh born and raised here on the south side of san antonio um grew up there until
0: the age of maybe
1: 20 21 and then i ventured off in college and went around and lived in Boston for a little bit, but roots are are deeply rooted in the south side, deep south side of, of San Antonio, born in 78, I'm aging myself, yeah, I know, um, but yeah, rooted here in, in San Antonio, um, lived a few places, like, like I said, Boston, um, um, but San Antonio has been home forever, uh, and I plan to retire here one day. Excellent. So,
0: so summarize, if you can,
1: what you do in your job. Oh, okay. I don't think we have a long enough time to, to talk about that, but I, I I, guess I wear many hats uh, in this organization, and I love doing that. I've been here um, for over a decade, and uh, I I try to get the message out of, of what we do here, try to share um, the need for not only our blood. Components and blood needs, but um, through through many channels, through through media and helping our social media team and um, telling the stories through our patients that uh, uh, we get from our recruitment team um, uh, from the packages of. of or collateral that we send out for blood drives. It's it's many things that we do. It's basically just take taking uh, our message here and spreading it out through the community of what we do, what what South Texas, what Ridge does, um, and what uh, how important a role we play within not only here in San Antonio in the area, but globally. I think is kind of the best way I can summarize. Is taking our message and spreading it out as much as I can through through the channels that we've been provided um, through media. Uh, social media, um, helping our social media team, and uh, traditional media, um, TV, radio, um, newspaper, uh, podcasts, uh, you name it. So I've been doing it for over a decade. So uh, many people know me now around the community as the blood man from San Antonio. Bloodman, 210 blood man or something like that I've, I've been told i've been called a few times so uh so that's kind of a nutshell of what we do yeah. do a lot of things promoting um what we're doing here all the great things that uh, our team here does as far as biobridge global and south texas and all these subsidiaries just getting that message out of what we do um it's kind of a nutshell what why what I, I try to do every day
0: so uh, having been here that long how have things
1: changed oh there's been lots of change um i think some of the biggest changes that i've seen that here in over being over a decade is uh how we've moved away from uh, being heavily relied on using paper and moving to a digital I guess, with the world and becoming a digital um, environment. And that's been kind of a neat change. I remember when I first arrived here, uh, everything was paper. And nothing was digital or anything. And then making those transitions. There has been some hiccups along the way, but it's been a great thing to see. I think that's kind of the, big, the biggest change. Um, but also the, the advancements that we've done here um, as a company and doing so many great things, kind of um, the the track machine that Qualtex has, the um, Brothers in Arms um, program that we have now, and so many more code uh, platelets being stored in code uh, setting where it extends their life. There's so many great things that this company has done. And uh, it's been awesome to be a part of that and seeing the transition and the different um, leaders that we have come in and seen and, and putting their stamp on and advancing us and and getting us to the next level and i'm just excited to see what this new team of leaders are are doing and and seeing where they're taking us and and i I look forward to another decade here and and seeing what we do and uh i'm just i'm ready for the ride
0: so so people always ask uh, what's a typical day like and of course i know there's no typical
1: day for you (laughs) uh typical day like exactly there is no typical day for me uh it it comes in and that phone starts ringing at, at, at early in the morning of uh, either a media or somebody needing some assistance and help and getting something to them to uh, relay the message of what we're doing here either through a, a partner or, or trying to have media up in front of our building here at five o'clock in the morning and say can you call your, your security mm-hmm. so we can have clearance to, to be up there and do a live and uh, a live mean being a live broadcast uh, and making sure that they get the message out of what our, our current needs are so there is no typical day uh, every day. You, you just you buckle up and you, you, you sit for the ride And at the end of the day, it, it it's very rewarding knowing that uh, you're helping um, Living the mission of, of what we do here of supplying and saving lives and enhancing lives um, So though it's it's very um, time-consuming and and can be stressful at times but um, I enjoy every minute of it and I I do love everything every moment that I'm ever here I don't even consider this a job sometimes just because I get to do um, some great things here and and know that at the end of the day uh, we've made people's lives better
0: it's sort of a running joke in our department Roger works just right around the corner from us It's a running joke that Roger always has those two phones with him all the time, and it's like they're permanently attached to him.
1: (laughs) That's correct. They call me the two-tone, two-tone, uh, phone, sorry, uh, person. So I I get that joke a lot when, uh, which phone is that's ringing? Is it the, the personal or is it the business phone? And, uh, usually now, uh it's both sometimes and that's going to be scary at times but yeah two phones uh but uh, i have a team now that i can able to i was able to transition this phone out so for this past christmas i I didn't have it it was the first time i didn't have it for for in a long time and so that was great to have a a bigger team now here that was able to transition and and help and and step in this christmas and this holiday new year's eve you didn't. You didn't feel naked with that. I did. I, I. At times, my wife looked at me like you look confused. What's wrong with you? I'm like I forgot. I don't have the phone, and I don't know what to do with myself. And <laughs> I, I'm here, and I'm like, I should be doing something, and 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 I didn't have the phone. So, uh, but no, it was it was good. It was it was it was something that you know what I, I think I needed for a little bit. I haven't. But moving on, it, it's been great having this new team here and having the people in place now to to kind of take that some of that uh, workload.
0: So you, you talk about having been here a long time and, you know, five o'clock calls to get the, to get a live remote. What's, what do you think is the oddest media request you've
1: ever gotten? Ooh, uh, the oddest media request. Uh, maybe it was not media, but we get the call a few times. Uh, we haven't gotten it recently, but people wanted to come film here a horror movie. They want to come here and film horror out of our donor rooms. I guess they've been turned down by the hospitals and clinics and they're like, oh, the blood bank. They think us, they think hospital, they think room. And uh, I think those are some of the weirdest requests that we got. We want to film this um, zombie uh, picture there in in your donor room and bring in all these cameras and and lights and have zombies and blood. That was some of the the weirdest requests we've gotten. It's been a few years, but... uh, I've also done some interviews that are kind of, uh, kind of sketchy. We, um, I remember being live and a dog jumping on me and wanting to just play the entire time and doing a live interview. um, But having to hold the dog down while I'm talking to the reporter, that's been interesting as well. That's happened more than once, actually, uh, in a studio, at a radio station, and then live on TV as well. So uh, I've had some weird requests, but you just roll with it, and, and it's all fun. And it makes TV and radio a lot funner and people tuning in
0: yeah one of the other things that you do is is you you deal with our our patients and we profile our patients on a regular basis and people say you know roger's really good with those people why, why do you think
1: that is why do you think you've developed that rapport with people i, I think thanks for asking it I, I think that that's one of the, the passions i have with um telling those stories um and i'm going to get a little personal here i i think um they they give us that option they give us that um opportunity they trust us to take that story um and go out and tell the community why it's so important to be a blood donor or to donate blood or to become a tissue donor um i think I, i build that rapport because i i see this more as not just a job but be able to um have that trust from that family and build that rapport with them um and and I've told some of my my coworkers is I I've unfortunately I've been attended more funerals than I have graduations just because um you become so part of this and intertwined with these families and you are able to uh, tell their story and they at the time of, of many of these families they feel like they feel so hopeless and want to give back and they're seeing for the first time what's happening in these hospitals and they feel that sense that they want to help because they're seeing what's happening around them, not only for, for their child or for their loved one, um, but they're seeing what's happening in those hospitals and they want to give back some way. So um, through the, our recruitment team or they're reaching out to us some way, some some form, um, we are able then to work with them and it, it becomes more than just hate telling their story and, and getting a, a blood drive for them you, you you build that trust with them and they trust you with taking their story and, and, and spreading it out to to San Antonio and sometimes the nation um, some of our stories have been picked up not just locally but nationally and and these families have um, have become part of our family here at South Texas and um, we know that when when blood needs are there, they're always the first to call and say, Hey, can we, can we help? So, uh, I think it's more than just building something for your job, but it's more building a, a personal, um, personal relationship with these patients. And I think that's why uh, we get that call a lot of the times outside of the work time, time and saying, hey, uh, we're having a party, or we're getting something together, uh, or we're doing a fundraiser, do you mind helping? So whatever it may be, um, I think they, they feel comfortable enough to call us and call for me and, and some of the team members to be part of that. And I think that, and I take passion in that and doing that, but I think I put myself in that role because I once was there as well. Um, Growing up, I remember uh, as a kid, my mom being diagnosed with cancer. It was, it was my high, late in my late my high school years, and didn't know that uh, what she was receiving. They would just said blood, and I would look at the bags, and they were uh, later. I later found out what's working here. It was platelets that she was receiving, and and I, I take that personal because um, just like these families, I was in that position, and uh, I take this mission, what we do here, seriously, really seriously, because. Um, what they were able to do, what those donors were do, were able to buy me time with my with my mom uh, and my sister um, to do that, and that's why I, I put myself in that role every day. And think, what is this family going through? Um, if if we cannot, um, if they're they're uh, they've exhausted all of the options of whatever they can do medically for them, um, but they are getting those blood those blood uh, products, either being red cells or platelets or plasma, whatever that may be. If they lost all the other, if they exhausted all the other things, we're just buying that family time like they bought me time. So that's every time I put myself into that position and think about why am I helping this family? Well, I'm helping that 18, 17-year-old Roger who didn't know what was happening and trying to pay it forward every time I, I go out there and speak to me and send our message out. So that's why I take that personally every every time I work with these families.
0: Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty remarkable how many people who work here have stories like that
1: yeah it it is i mean just uh, i can i know naomi here in our in our um our room up in front of the headquarters Uh, her story and her daughter Taylor's stories just reminds me every time of of putting myself into that position as well where a lot of us have gone through that and, and can relate to what she's gone through, what we've gone through. I think a lot of us have that same story. And I think a lot of us who have been here over a decade know why it's, and and not just us, but everyone who comes here eventually learns why we're here and the mission and the why is the biggest reason why we're, a lot of us are here every day.
0: So uh, aside from their quest for a zombie apocalypse movie, (laughs) what's, what is your favorite, what is your favorite moment from your time with the
1: organization? Oh, there's 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 so many milestones that I I, I I love. I mean, I think the biggest milestones that we, we get to see is coming full circle um, of like going back to the patient where um, they use a lot of our resources that we were able to provide them and have a success story. Like I said, we don't have too many success stories when it comes to our patients, unfortunately, that we help, but the ones we do, uh, I can count those on, on my hands here. And one of those was maybe like John Ugarte, one of our lifelinks, our patients that we saw here, did not only need blood, but also needed a core blood transplant, was also looking for a, a marrow transplant at the time. And so he used a lot of our resources here and to come full circle now when he's 11 and 12 and now seeing him over 20, it being his 23rd birthday. and. That's another reason where um, I get called like, hey, John's having another birthday. Do you mind coming out and hanging out with him? And, doing, and those are just great stories. And I think those patient stories are some of the greatest reasons and greatest things I've seen here. Knowing that what we do here and all our teams here from the labs to the recruitment team to um, just everyone in, involved, that it comes full circle. Of what we do here really makes a difference for these families.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So. So tell us, when you do finally get away from the phone, when you get away from work, what what sort of things do you do?
1: Unfortunately, uh, the people I hang around with say I, I've never, I'm off the clock because everything always comes back to you talking about... Mm-hmm well are you a blood donor or have you signed up to be a tissue donor or have you thought about joining the all of us program and so i always have that in the back of my head and unfortunately it's just nice nature second like nature to, for it to come out and so i try not to but uh, unfortunately it's always there but when i'm not here uh love tending UTSA football games. My wife just bought me some season tickets to the new XFL team that's coming here. I'm a big sports person, Uh, anything baseball, Red Sox. I have two favorite teams in baseball, the Red Sox and whoever's playing the Yankees at that time. Um, So we try to travel, we like to travel, uh, but big sports fans, uh, NFL and and MLB, NBA not so much, but but yeah, uh, spend time with family, friends, travel, uh, and just having a good time. Try to relax sometimes.
0: All right. Well, thank you very much for coming by, breaking in the new studio here. I
1: don't think we've broken anything yet. I, I like it, and I hope these cameras work for you. I, I, you did tell me I was the first to be the first one on your cameras here. Hopefully, they're working. Uh, good luck to you. Uh, we might have broken that one over there. That's pointed it. Uh, oh
0: well. Uh, <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thank you for having me. Executive producers of Hearts of Fire are Adrian Mendoza and Jay Pajinski. The producer is Heather Hughes and our director is Angelica Sandoval. As always, thanks to Matt Flores for his technical assistance. Hearts of Fire logo was designed by Roberto Esquivel. If you have an idea, suggestion, or even want to be a guest on Hearts of Fire, you can email us at Fire, all one word, at biobridgeglobal.org. In fact, the first 10 of you who send an email to that email address will receive a vintage blood donor t-shirt that is not, I donated for pie. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Arts of Fire.